Hello, hello, and welcome to the first full episode of Yeti Walks Into Base Camp. And <laughs> again, I am Yeti Legs. That's my trail name. And my wife, Marie, and is Base Camp. Base Camp. The jingle that you just heard was created by our brother-in-law, Ryan, Ryan G. G. Thanks, Thanks, Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. Shout out. So this episode is kind of two parts. The first part will be really just letting you know who we are, how we met, what we do with our lives, and why the heck we decided to stop what we were doing with our lives to hike the PCT. And then we'll kind of go into a deep dive of how we prepared for it and what all we had to go through Mm-hmm. To make that dream become a reality. Yes, yes. Because there's a lot of prep that actually goes into doing a through <laughs> hike. And, you know, we discussed how we feel like there were some things out there to help you. Um, but, you know, once we got on trail, we started to realize, oh, there's a lot of things that we didn't realize. And so we want to be able to help people who are prepping for a through hike as well and give you some feedback, some advice. Um, our opinion, of course, this is all our opinion. Yeah. Um, everybody has a different opinion of how they do their through hike, but this is ours and we want to just be able to help anyone we can with that. Yeah. As well. So, and, uh, should note that at this point we do not have any sponsors. So whatever we say is not influenced by that. No, this is our honest to goodness opinion. Opinion. <laughs> yeah. And we're just going to shoot the ish on here. Yeah. Ask each other questions about, our process, even though we saw each other go through it, but yeah, sometimes it's nice to just talk about it though. Um, let's give some, some intros here. Let's Um, give some getting to know us. Uh, base camp, you're way more interesting than I am. So I'll let you go first. That's not true. Okay. Who, Um, who are you? What do you do? (laughs) And who am I? Yeah. Why the, why the PCT? So I was, I was, uh, when I was a wee little lass, um, I was born in Florida. She almost <laughs> called herself a lad. <laughs> um, I grew up in Alabama, the deep south. Um, and I grew up in the middle of the woods. I loved the woods. I grew up on like, I don't know, 30 acres of land with trails. And so I would just go out there and explore them ever since I was a little kid. And so I always had a passion to be in the outdoors. I um, took a, or I made a vow, not took a vow. I took a vow, made a vow. I made a vow to my Nana Mm -hmm. when I was like seven um, because I I kept, I don't know what, we would see something on the TV maybe about the AT, the Appalachian Trail, and I would say, I'm going to do that one day. I'm going to hike that. And, um, And I was such a like, is gregarious the right word? Yes gregarious child. So I was very, very like, I'm going to do this, you know? Um, and my Nana just looked at me with these very intense blue eyes and was like, you have to promise me you won't do that until you get married. And I did. And I promised her. Would you explain why she made you promise that? Yes. So this is pretty important. Take a dark turn very fast. Um, my cousin, her cousin, her first cousin, my what second, third, wherever that goes. Um, he actually was murdered on the AT doing a through hike. He was, I think, in his 30s. And, um, yeah, so my Nana, ever since, I, th- I believe it was in the 70s, 1970s. So she was very terrified of me going out there and doing this, you know, all by myself. Um, so I made a vow 
that I wouldn't do it until I got married, you know, hindsight 2020, but, <laughs> but that was, and I kept that vow. <laughs> so yeah, you did. every single guy I would date, I would be like, do you hike? Do you like to hike? Do you <laughs> like to go outside? <laughs> and if the answer was no, I broke up with them. You swiped left. Yeah. So, um, anyway, but Went through college. I got my degree in musical theater. I um, I then floundered through my 20s trying to figure out who I was. And then in my mid to late 20s, I began to work in film. And I'm trying to get into the DGA, the Directors Guild, currently. But, um, yeah, so then Wesley and I met. Um, On eHarmony. eHarmony. And our first date was like a seven-mile hike. And it wasn't an easy hike. And, um, we talked about like everything under the sun I can think of. Um, it was up to a waterfall and she may have slipped and I always say that she fell for me at the waterfall. (laughs) I know how cheesy that sounds. You know what's funny is actually he was taking a picture of something and I was going towards the waterfall and it was like very slippery rocks and I totally busted my ass and I turn around and Wesley didn't see any of it. He like was still taking a picture and I was like, did you see that? He was like, no. I was like, oh gosh, well, I just really busted it. It could have been really bad, but it wasn't. Um, anyway, we talked about a lot that day and we, um, I, it was a 17 and a half hour date. It was PG-13. He Wesley's convinced it was like 13 hours, but I'm pretty sure it was 17 and a half because we, we met at 9 a.m. And then we hung out until 2 a.m. That's true. So subtract 24 minus 7. Long time. That's quick math. See, 17. 17 hours. Long time. Long time. Anyway, but we... Ended up uh, getting married. <laughs> before we get into all this, into that, let me just introduce who I, was I am say, first. Well, then, we'll, then we'll go. Okay, you go. Jumping the gun then. there. Your turn. <laughs> um, so when I was a young warthog, I would when roam the savannah. <laughs> no. Um, so I was born and raised in Georgia. Um, I lived there for 32 years. Deep sail. Deep, deep south. You won't really hear the accents unless I've been drinking or I'm very upset. People are very surprised when they find out we're from Georgia and Alabama. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. We're educated. Is <laughs> what we are. <laughs> but, um, yes, Augusta, Georgia, home of the Masters Golf Tournament. I'm sure most of you have heard of that. Shout out. So, um, I got my bachelor's in chemistry and a master's in public health with a focus in environment. He's really smart. And when I say public health, I mean, I'm not going out and like saving the trees and protecting the raccoons. Um, public health with a, with a focus in environmental health is like basically being a health inspector or <laughs> making sure that people's homes don't dump <coughs> sewage into the, the local pond and stuff like that. So I was basically a health inspector for three years. I'm sorry, can I just say it? When you said saving the raccoons, I just had this image of you like going out into the woods and finding all the raccoons you could and like taking them into your arms. 
<laughs> being a gallant knight and bringing them back into the yeah the ra- sources. Okay, rabies for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. Go back. But funny, funny you mentioned that. Health inspectors also deal with rabies mm-hmm. and animal control. Mm-hmm. Um, so anytime there was any animal bites or any suspect situation, we would have to send specimens to the labs to make sure rabies wasn't So involved. you did have to deal with the raccoons. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> Not often. Sweet raccoons. Okay. But yeah. So I was a health inspector for three years and then 2020 hit and COVID-19 rolled into the picture. So I started doing contact tracing for the state of Georgia um, in my local county. And I met Marie on the Harmony at that time. Um, we were both 32 when we met. Yeah, same age. I mean, it's like we lived the same parallel lives for a while. Yeah. It's kind of weird. I'd always love to hike and get outside and explore the outdoors. And I would take extended weekends and just drive to random states like West Virginia. And backpack. From Georgia. And just backpack and kind of just recenter myself. So always had a passion for that. And I had had aspirations similar to her of doing the Appalachian Trail. But the PCT was kind of far back on the radar. Fast forward three months from us meeting and going on a 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 hour date. 17. 17. 17. Hour date. 17. And we go on a trip to the state of Washington and start to climb up Mount Rainier. Um, without any mountaineering experience whatsoever. If you've ever Googled Mount Rainier, it is a mountaineering. It's not a good idea. Mountain? It's not a good idea to go up there without any skills. Just preface that. (laughs) Exactly. You can have all the gear that you possibly could need, but if you don't know how to use it. Don't be like us. (laughs) So we get up to Camp Sherman, which we got no sleep at. Because we could hear avalanches. And rock slides around us like every minute, two minutes, three minutes. Yeah. Like you just hear like all around you. And then the wind was just continually kept like hitting our tent and bending it in like every what? Every five minutes. Wesley was scared that the. (laughs) I was was scared that we were just going to slip off the glacier because we were camping on the glacier. And we didn't have just some little bogus three-season tent. We had a Nemo Chigori, which is a four-season tent. It was strong, sturdy. It was a a strong sucker, and the wind ripped it. Yes, the wind ripped it. So he was scared. (laughs) The wind was just going to pick us up and destroy our tent all night. So we woke up the next morning. We're prepping breakfast, and the Camp Sherman on Rainier has like these little pit privies. Up in the middle of BF Nowhere Mountain. It's pretty impressive, to be honest. So I went in there and strapped on my GoPro, intending to propose to her and capture it all on video. And I did not know. She didn't know, and she helps me straighten out the GoPro and everything, and we're walking back to our campsite. And I get down on one knee and pull out the ring that she had been carrying. At, yes. She carried I had been carrying. the <laughs> ring, and she didn't even know it because it was Just stuffed in a sock. In a sock. So I proposed to her and said we should come back here and finish the sucker. But as man and wife. As man and wife next time. With so. a tour guide. Or with a gu- not a tour guide, a guide. With a guide. Who knows what they're doing. But, uh, and then my side is I had a mouthful of oatmeal and my hoodie up because it was freezing up there. 
And I was trying to strategize how in the world we're going to get down safely because we had to go through like a landmine of crevasses, uh-huh. which we hadn't done the day before because we didn't want to go through the crevasses. Cause we, we had been on a benign glacier. Yes. And, and clearly, and if you don't know what crevasses are, if you are listening to this podcast. That is the correct pronunciation, crevasse, not crevice. It, it is. And it is um, a split open, pretty much ice um, drop off is what a crevasse is. And it can range anywhere between what? I mean, 500 feet down, potentially. Um, it's a giant crack between slabs of ice. Okay, there we go. Better definition. Yeah. <laughs> but, and and you, can, you can easily fall in. You have to have an ice screw in case you do fall in. Like there's a whole guide to helping someone get out of, an, of a crevasse. You know, it's called crevasse rescue. And there's just, there's a whole world to crevasses <laughs> that we had never, ever touched before. So we're like about to go down into this thing. And I'm sitting there panicking because I'm like, okay, how are we going to strategize to get down this thing? And then here he is and he pops a question. And I'm like, really? You're doing this right now? <laughs> uh-huh. That happened. <laughs> but it was beautiful. And it was a great place to get engaged. Um, <clears throat> and, of course, I said yes. And... Like, the glacier matched the color of my ring. It was great. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. And then three months later, we got married in North, North Carolina. Carolina looking out, Looking out over the, the North Carolinian, North Carolina. I think it was a Virginia mountain. It was both. It was both, the North Carolina and Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. Both mountains. So we were probably looking at the AT at some point. But we got married out there, and our honeymoon oh, yeah. was in Colorado. Yes, and then we moved to Colorado. So clearly, we are a couple that loves the outdoors. And this is something that we do. We go outside a lot. We hike a lot. We camp a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, But before we got married, kind of transitioning us to the PCT, um, before we got married, we had been discussing doing a long through hike together. So we started planning and prepping for it. And we saved a lot of money it took us a year and a half to uh, save. Yeah, about a year and a half. Two different jobs. Mm-hmm. One is a health inspector in Georgia for me. And then the reason we were able to move to Colorado after getting married is because I got a a very great role. It paid all the bills that we needed it to did. cover. And yeah. so everything that I made, Marie, a.k.a. Basecamp, made went straight into savings. Yeah. So we were able to save a really big chunk of money, uh-huh. which was great. Because a lot of people ask us, how in the world were you able to do this and like take off of life for that long? Uh-huh. And it was really because we were intentional and we saved, 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 saved um, until we had a lot of money in our savings account. Mm-hmm. And um, so I guess... Would that transition us into prep? I think so. Conversations about the PCT over beers or a glass of wine. <laughs> Always alcohol was involved. Turned into actual planning. <laughs> and, um, you know, living in Colorado for over a year, every weekend we're going out and snowshoeing or hiking out in the backcountry. And we only have a handful of months without snow here. Mm-hmm. So... We became proficient in doing things in the cold and going through the snow. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say we're experts, but we knew a little bit of what we were doing. So we decided to start 
Early March. Early March for the PCT, um, knowing that we would be going through the Sierras in snow, but also giving us a bigger window to finish before potential fire season hit. And the snow season again in Washington. And too. the Washington snow season. Yeah. So we came up with early March, March 6th. March 6th. And the reason we came up with that date is because my birthday is March 11th, and I really wanted to be hiking on the trail by the time we started. And we wanted to start on a Sunday, I yep. think, just to like do complete like week-to-week kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were like, man, March 6th would be the day. Then we could do more planning, and we could go on the... The rigorous journey of getting our PCT permits. Which, should we pause and discuss permits with everyone? Yes. Quick pause for <laughs> permits. So let's, let's talk about PCT permits, everybody. And you should know that even if you're married, you cannot get a joint permit together. <gasps> Ooh, they you changed each... it. Well, I... Sorry. Oh, they, they did change it. They changed it this year. Oh, that's wonderful. Lucky bastards. Like... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now you can get a joint PCT permit. Yes, I just, I had seen this somewhere. So you lucky people who get to go from this point forward, I guess because so many people complained from previous years past, if you're a couple or if you're friends. And we had no idea what we were doing other than going onto the website and praying <laughs> that we would get an entry so we could hopefully both get the same start date on March 6th. Well, neither one of us got in on at all none of like at all at I, all in november i was the first to get in so we only did one website and i was the first that said i finally was going to get in a queue like what an hour later uh-huh. and i was like yay i my name's been picked and i think wesley's was like an hour and a half later <laughs> so, yeah and then yeah we only had one browser a piece open yeah and then i um i finally got in and there were no permits at all. Nothing. Like I'm seeing zero, 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 zero. It was the saddest feeling ever. And they issue 35 permits per day for the November lottery. Yeah. For November, they would, when we did it, it was 35 permits. And then they were going to release the last 15 per day, January mm-hmm. 11th or 10th. Early no, January. I don't even remember, but whenever in January, it was in, it was one of those dates in January. But um, so I was absolutely devastated that day. I was like, oh my gosh, this means we're going to have to go individual permits probably. Like if we didn't get anything at all, I didn't realize how difficult this was. Like I didn't realize how like dog eat dog, like gladiator world feeling. Of, like you're like good luck, Chuck, kind of feeling. I felt like we were in The Godfather. It was bad. Yeah. Going to the mattresses. Yes. It was really, really difficult. So I was very sad that day. Very, very sad. Going to the mattresses? Yeah. Go to the, going to the mattresses. That's what he says in The Godfather. Let's go to the mattresses. It's like oh. duking it, like fight. Oh, okay. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. Anyway. But go. fast forward to January. We've, we've, done a little, we've done a little bit more prep since we didn't get our, our permits in November. We did some research on how people got permits. We did some research on it, and she had also booked us a few individual permits in the worst-case scenario. Just in case. We don't get the PCTA coverall permits. Yeah, yeah. So we had some of those in the bag, just in case. But we were fortunate enough to get the permits for the same exact date, one apiece, It was a miracle. It was a miracle. Jesus was looking out for us. Miracle. Whoever you believe in, they were looking out for us. (laughs) 
they were on our side that day, I feel like. Yes. But all that to say, it was a very stressful process. And it was, uh, you know, the permit system in the PCT, really thankful that you get a coverall permit. Um, But man, it gets very competitive. And Mm -hmm. when people don't get their permit, like all of a sudden they're just saying the worst things on Facebook and Uh it becomes a very weird process um, in that space. But... And and please, if you do get a permit and decide that you can't hike the trail because you can't get a visa or work obligations, just relinquish it so someone else can use it. Yeah. And please start on the date that your permit says... Good Lord, people. So many people fudged that in the 2022 class. Oh, a lot of people fudged that. And, yeah. And lied about their start dates and yeah. did not care. And, you know, and those permits are a really beautiful gift that the PCT has agreed uh-huh. with the parks, you know, for us to have because uh, more people might know this better than I, but I think it's like 35 permits you need. Some of them are self assigned. But there, are, I believe, are 35 you have to get throughout the entire mm. trail. And that's why they did the, the overall permit. Um, so, yeah, it's like a, I, I don't think any of the other long through hikes are like this. Maybe not that many permits. There's a lot of yeah. parks like a, in the West Coast. And we did get March 6th. We both got March 6th. <laughs> and uh, that felt like a great little sign of like, keep doing this, go forward. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then... We we, we made a lo- we made a lot of trips in between our November permit failure and actually getting the permit in January. We made a lot of trips to REI. Oh, buying gear, taking yes. gear back, going out to the middle of the woods to figure out what works and wouldn't work. Got to say that the type of stuff we're using out in Colorado is not exactly everything you'll take with you on the Pacific Crest Trail because. You have a stretch of the trail with snow on it, but Colorado is completely snow-covered most of the year. So uh, we were kind of cherry-picking the bits of equipment we would take into the Sierras with us based on our Colorado um, shakedowns. Yeah, and we had done some summer shakedowns, and we did some winter shakedowns because we had been informed that (laughs) the Sierras... Like, we're going to be, you know, snowstorms and zero degrees at night. And so because we live in Colorado and that's the world we live in and we have to deal with eight to ten feet of snow and we live in the mountains, we were like, oh, man, so should we be taking our four-season tent into the Sierras? And what do we do about this? We don't want to get frostbite, you know, hypothermia, which can happen. It Mm -hmm. can happen. Oh, yeah. Um, I wouldn't say that it's common that it happens a lot, but it can happen. Mm-hmm. And so, and in our year, I will say last year, it wasn't a heavy snow year for the West Coast. It was a mid, I would say it was a medium snow year. And so we were prepping though for, you know, winter like Colorado. And so that became a lot of our gear mm-hmm. selection. We got all of our gear that we thought we would take with us on the PCT. And then we got all of the food. We went to Dollar Generals. We went to Walmarts. We had how many How many boxes? Was it nine or ten? I think we did ten boxes. About ten boxes crammed full of food, ready to be shipped out to wherever we needed them on trail. And to that, I will say, 
if you can go without shipping yourself a box, I would do it because thousands have said this before and thousands or millions will say it after. You lose taste for foods that you pack yourself. It you don't always true. want effing Idahoan instant potatoes. You don't always want ramen. You might not want the Reese's or the Hershey bars that you pack yourself. You just really never know. And can I just say that, so to give a good background, um, I studied the trail for about six months before we started. I created an actual spreadsheet um, and I broke down our miles. And this is just, this is what I do in my work world. I already have to do that for work. So I was like, you know, it's our first through hike. There's a lot of unknown. And so I would really like to have my head wrapped around what we're doing. So I literally broke down the far out map and I went from day to day to day to day to day mm-hmm. based off of like just budgeting our miles. And then after that, I would break down towns and see, okay, what do they have? Do they have gas stations, grocery stores, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So when I got to, and I also used some people's guides to resupply before that I researched a lot of people that had done the trail to see what they had to say. Yoki had a very helpful zoom meeting and she some did. helpful guides. She did. Um, so there were very specific spots on the trail where people highly suggested you should send yourself a box because I couldn't find anything that we could like, um, purchase convenience store, grocery store. I couldn't find it. I couldn't find it. And so I was like, well, I guess this is where we should send ourselves boxes. And we did send ourselves boxes. And this is the biggest thing I learned is that you don't need to send a box unless you have a dietary restriction. Mm -hmm. We could have gotten food every single place we went. It might have been a little more expensive, but honestly, once you calculate out all the expenses of shipping cost, you're actually probably spending about the same. Yeah. And so I like if I could go back into that space, I if if I could tell myself something different, I would have said, you don't have to send yourself boxes. You can resupply everywhere you go. If you're okay eating honey buns, Doritos, and $10 packs of beef jerky. Beef jerky and ramen. And like ramen. That's, that's pretty much going to be your selection in those specific areas of resupply, mm-hmm. like the smaller towns. And there's really only a handful of them on the trail. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. So resupply was um, stressful. It what was, was stressful. That what was that process for you? <laughs> well, so I was working um, probably 45, 48 hours a week, and you had jobs. Mm-hmm. So I was flying to Georgia to work jobs. Yeah, you had jobs in and out, mm-hmm. but the beauty of what you do is that you go stretches of time where you have the freedom to do all this prep and looking on the Far Out app, which is the app that basically every through hiker uses for these longer mm-hmm. hikes now. Um, you were able to sit down and go through all that and have the peace of mind and knowing what was coming. Mm-hmm. And you planned it all out, which is great. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing that. It was that. a process. Because I was hardly ever involved in that process with yeah. you because by the time I got off work each day, I was done. Yeah. Mentally exhausted. Tired, yeah. So whenever... We finally have the breakdown of all the places that we need to send boxes and all the food that needs to go in the boxes. You were prepared. Thanks again. Oh. Really love you for that. <laughs> um, you went off to Georgia. I did. On one right of your before. jobs. Yeah. And it was like we, a week job, I think. And we only had a few days worth of food in the boxes. Mm-hmm. And so 
this is like the first deep dive I've gone into this prepping phase. Yeah. And so it was an experience. I was in Walmart for probably five hours total <sighs> trying to buy Exhausting. all this stuff. And then you get home and you're repacking everything out of the original packages into zippies, Ziplocs, whatever. And there's powders everywhere. Grits are all over the floor. <laughs> um, there's more candy than I've ever eaten in my life in one corner of the living room. And it's, it's a hot mess. It was very stressful. It was taken over by our, li- our living room. Our was living completely room. taken over by by food. All the food. And it's all just complete garbage, preservatives, sugar, salt, carbohydrates, very little healthy stuff mixed in. It was a stressful process, but it was cathartic because it kind of it kind of finalized the end of my job with Summit County. And it was like the transition into what was going to become the PCT. Mhm. Yeah. So I was prepping all the boxes while you were in Georgia and selling off all of our furniture because you and I decided to liquidate everything that we had. So we liquidated and sold everything. We sold our cars, any piece of anything we had that could go, we sold it. And then we just kept sentimentals and um, our sweet friends, Bob and Brenda, they kept them in their basement pretty much for or their storage space for us. But yeah, we sold everything. And let's talk about budget, budget real quick. Budget, budget, budget. Money, money, money makes the world go round. Money, money, money. So uh, we did save up, like we said. We saved up enough so that we could budget about 12000 per person yeah. for the entire hike. So that's about 2000 per month. Yeah. And that includes gear, food, lodging, yada, yada. And even the little bills we had that we, like, continued to pay. Like our phone bill. Yeah, phone bill or just, you know, stuff like that. Garment invoice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, um, but I will say, so that was higher end from what we had been told. A lot of people said you could do, like... A lot of people were saying anywhere between six to twelve thousand, and so we were like, "Okay, well, let's go higher end." And um, I will say, being a couple, that was a big part. We spent more than that, but it. I think a lot of factors were inflation, being a couple, so we never split rooms with anyone. We didn't tent camp when we were in towns. We we wanted to get hotels, which was our choice. Which we could was our have, choice. We could have done it on the cheap. But, mm-hmm. I mean, when you're a married couple, you, you want your privacy. <laughs> you want some, you know, alone time. Yeah. So <laughs> so we did stay in more hotels yeah. than we probably should have. Yeah. Based but, off, yeah. But budget. no regrets. No. But, and the other thing, too, is that, again, inflation hit pretty hard when we were on trail. So we were spending, like, in one town, it was like 300 a night for for the only hotel in town. And we had been on trail for 10 days, I think. And we just really needed a shower. So we were like, we gave ourselves that gift of like, you know what, we're just going to spend the money. And so there were times like that where we were just like, okay, we just are going to have to drop the money. Yeah. Um, And then food prices. I mean, we'd spend like sometimes 150 to 200 for what, a four day supply. For four to six days, we would spend about 100 to 120. 
And that was finding a cheap place like a Walmart or a grocery outlet. Yeah. So then if you can think about all the smaller towns that don't have that, you're going to spend a little bit more on groceries for like maybe a three-day resupply. Uh-huh. Um, and we were doing, we weren't doing like super nice food or dehydrated meals. We were doing ramen and like gas station pastries. Yeah. And I think ramen did make it cheaper in the end because we were like, ooh, we, we need to like try to save some money. Yeah, we got to pinch some pennies. Yeah, so we did do more ramen the yeah. last two months, which did save us <laughs> grocery <Yes>. money. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think we probably could have saved a couple thousand dollars had we not um, sent ourselves boxes of food. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, we spent a lot on purchasing that stuff and yeah. then shipping it to... Marie's sister, base camp sister, yeah. Amber. And then she'd ship it to us. So we, that's like. Th- that's, that's, we're paying for the shipping in the same package twice. Yeah. Yeah. Plus the cost of the food when we could have just really bought food on trail and it would have, would have saved us quite a bit. And then our boxes, we didn't even use half of it. We'd give it away to hikers and then we'd go and buy food that we wanted, that we were craving. Mm-hmm. So we kind of like, it just defeated the purpose of what we did. <laughs> Yeah. For most of it. Um, And so, yeah. But I think also, I mean, we had some hiker friends that one person specifically, I think he only spent 5000 or 6000 on his entire through hike. Mm-hmm. Or maybe even under 5000 I think is what he was telling me. But I think I a big shocked. reason for that is because he, he, he doesn't drink. He doesn't drink, <laughs> and we drank a lot of beer. And most people that spent like, Eight to ten thousand, I think, and that was because they get alcohol in town. <laughs> they, they would budget hardcore. Yeah, and so, but most people, I'd say, on average, spend about eight to ten thousand. Yeah, from what we that we were could tell. single. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, they would like split rooms with three or four people, or they would tent camp. Um, mm-hmm. That was a big thing: is if you can tent camp, then you can do it cheap mm-hmm. and just do ramen. That's pretty much your... And rely on the good graces of trail angels Trail as well. angels. Yes, that's another thing is staying for trail angels. But yeah, so I think budget, it's important because a lot of people, you know, they can't continue because they don't budget enough money. Mm-hmm. And we're in a high inflation season. And so if you're preparing for a through hike this year, like, just know you'll probably spend more than you think you will. Yeah, and uh, another big chunk of the money that you'll spend is going to be on gear and gear replacement. Oh, yeah. So you're going to go through, if you use uh, Ultras, uh, we use Ultra Lone Peaks specifically. Yeah. We went through about five pair a piece. Piece, yeah. And each one is, you know, if you get the last year's model, it's about 100. Newer models are 150, 160. So you do the math, and that's, that's over a grand for two people yeah. just on shoes. Yeah, and then you, I mean... You'll like, have you'll have gear blowouts. You'll yeah. get holes. You have to patch it or replace it. Your tent, yeah. your tent might fail like ours did, and yeah. we had to purchase a, a completely new tent. It's like six hundred bucks, I think. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, but and that was our choice. Like we didn't want a cowboy camp. I mean, we were in the middle of mosquito and biting fly season, and yeah. we don't want to have a broken tent, you know, in that kind of environment. So yeah, there are definitely gear. Gear replacements that happen on trail, for yeah. sure. And if you're looking for ways to raise money other than just working your tail off and eating ramen at home before even eating it on trail, <laughs> um, not not saying expect people to give you money, but setting up a GoFundMe or a Patreon or 
you know, providing some service mm-hmm. to people who will be watching. That could be a really good option for you to at least get some food money while you're on trail. Um, it's kind of a scary feeling to be out there for four, five, six months with zero income. But even if you have five, 10, 50 bucks a month coming in from people who are following you, that would, that would be a huge morale booster. I know it would be, or would have been for me at least, because I was always stressed that we had a fixed amount and really none coming in. Like, okay, we're doing this unless the doors close. Mm-hmm. And the doors never close. And then our sweet friends, Bob and Brenda, Again, they're like second parents to me. This is a true godsend right here. They, so after we had gotten all of our boxes prepped, mailed off to Base Camp's sister in sister, California, yeah. she had agreed to be our designated shipper. Mm-hmm. So she got all of our boxes, all of our spare gear that we would probably need later on in the High Sierras. Um, after we shipped all that off, we sold everything. We went and stayed with... Bob and Brenda. B&B. B&B. Marie's friends, a.k.a. her second parents, Uh basically. Yeah. And they offered to... So they they, um, the gift they gave us is they paid for our plane tickets to get to San Diego. And they came with us. And then they rented a car and they dropped us off at the um, Southern Terminus. And Mm -hmm. that was such a gift to have. They took us out to dinner the night before we started. Or two nights before we started. And it was just such a such a gift to have them. It um, was. Yeah. It's so. nice to have someone sending you off like that. It's like your yeah. own little cheerleading team. Yeah, it was really great. Also, if you have any questions about prep, it, it helps us if you have questions. And if you can leave them in the comments because then we can go through them and we can um, go back to them. And we can give more detail about a specific area that you're curious about and what you want to know for a through hike you're prepping for, or mm-hmm. if you've just always wanted to know what it's like. Um, yeah. Yep. We can let you know what towns we specifically sent boxes to. Mm-hmm. Um, the majority of them were in Washington, though. Mm-hmm. And also, um, one pro tip before you send a single box anywhere, make sure that the post office you're sending your package to accepts general delivery because everything that you send out on oh. trail has to be sent via general delivery. But like central downtown big city post office sometimes do not accept general delivery. So just call and do the research ahead of time to save you a large amount of money and grief. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We had multiple packages that didn't make it to us on trail. So when you're trying to figure out what you're going to do about your process and how you're going to get stuff mailed to you, just know that it may not ever get to you. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Get insurance on some of those packages. You just hope it's there. Um, Yes. Don't don't do the bad thing and send yourself fuel canisters via ground, which is technically illegal, but a lot of people do that. (laughs) You don't need to. There's plenty of places to get There are plenty of places to get fuel canisters. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Moving Moving right along. So that is our our prep. That was our prep time. Uh Uh-huh. and I guess, is that it? I think that's about it so far. If you have any specific questions, please reach out. And um, yes. if we get enough, we can do a Q&A episode. Yeah, that would be fun. Well, everyone, thank you so much for listening to our episode of... Yeti. Walks into Base Camp. We're your hosts. Yeti Legs. And Base Camp.
If you want to follow along on our social media or our YouTube channel, which we are trying to keep updated daily, uh, you can find links to that on our profile page. And please be sure to like and subscribe if you enjoyed this podcast. And as we say in the hiking community. In the community, hiking community. Happy, happy trails. Candlelights and empty souls quietly behind the doors are bleeding us just for fun. Men of power telling lies with shifty hands and thirsty eyes. And they can smell your fear like blood. Oh, my weary soul, we met your kind before. Set fire to a soul And oh sweet providence Come save us from ourselves From hell and consequence